Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcast. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. Okay, um, we are in the book of Philippians, and we are going to be ending today. This is the final day of Philippians, finishing up chapter 4. And I am very excited. I'm going to take a little bit of a tangent today to share the little story in Exodus. What is going on is um, in Exodus 35 and 36, I'll just paraphrase this quickly, but Moses has now left Egypt. So all the Israelites have left Egypt, and they are building a, a meeting place, a tent or a tabernacle. And this is what the passage records starting in verse 20 of Exodus 35. Um, He is basically saying, hey, we need resources to build this. And everyone who was willing, whose heart moved, they came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of the meeting, for all of its services, for all the sacred garments, people are building stuff. So they're building this, and the laborers um, are continuing the construction, and the people continue to bring free will offering morning after morning. I would love to see that scene. It's so cool. So the skilled workers who were doing all of the work left the sanctuary that they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work of the Lord as he has commanded to be done. So the people were restrained from bringing more because what they had already had was more than enough to do all the work. And I just want to say it is my privilege and honor to celebrate with you because we have fully funded our chair campaign. Give it up for the Lord. We have all that we need to do what we need done. So I just think, ah, it's so cool to celebrate what God's doing. We uh, started this year with the lobby, and I just really felt like we need to get this house up to speed. The carpet was about 30 years old, and it was working fine, but I'm like, hey, I'm going to put this out there, and you guys responded so well. We actually had a fundraiser night, the Hoedown Showdown. Who was there at the Hoedown Showdown? So fun, so fun. Um, We had funded the carpet within a week of making that announcement. So at the Hoedown Showdown, we're like, well, let's put it out there to throw out, you know, some chairs. So I spent about five or ten minutes saying, hey, it'd be really cool if we could get new chairs. And within three weeks later, we are now fully funded. So praise the Lord. Very rarely do you hear a pastor say, stop giving. We have all that we need for the chair campaign. Um, Speaking of giving and offering and money, um, Philippians goes into detail, this last section, about giving, about generosity, about talents and treasures. And so as we, the, 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 the pastor staff and the elders, the speaking team, we go through a book and we want to honor and respect that. So if it talks about giving, we're going to talk about giving. If it talks about hard, difficult things, we're also going to cover that. So this actually is a message about giving and being generous. Um, often I don't talk too much about giving because um, there's sometimes a cliche with it. And there's nobody who ever likes to be begged for money. Like, we need money. We need money, right? You don't. Nobody likes that. It's just so much better if we can just give freely. And so I just rejoice that this church is so faithful. So take this as it is, almost like like a a person who's about to enter retirement, and they go see their their 
financial person and they're like, okay, we need to make investments in this. We need to be, you know, prepared for retirement. That's kind of the theme of what I want to share. And I specifically love this passage because as a pastor, this is the main reason why I love talking about being generous. I love to share what the Bible has to say, and this is the main reason, this is the main motivation of my heart and why I love to share this. So, are you guys ready to go ahead and kick it in? Um, I will say it's kind of funny because sometimes we'll have new people, and they'll say, hey, we've been going here for like a month or so, but I'm not even sure where to give. Like, how do we give our tithes and stuff? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we have offering boxes in the back. A lot of people give online, but it's kind of funny because we don't talk about giving so maybe we should talk about it more. I don't know. But <laughs> I think it's multiple times people have said that. So, okay, here we go. Um, Paul, starting in verse 14, it'll be up on the screens, but you can grab your Bible or your phone. It says, even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones, say only ones, who gave me financial help when I first brought the good news and then traveled on to Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, here's the big point. Here's the big point. I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. The King James Version says it this way, not that I seek a gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. <laughs> That's my deepest desire. I want you to be generous so that you can reap major fruit that will be in your account, that you will receive a massive reward for your generosity. That's why I love talking about this. Because I have seen what generosity does to a person's life. I have seen how it has affected them. I've seen how God has provided. And it's such a simple principle. And every farmer knows that you can't get crops without planting a seed. They go hand in hand. And you also can't put the seed in the ground, put a little water on it, and come back next week and expect food. <laughs> but this is such an important thing. And my heart is that you would have a major abundance in the life to come. Like I, I envision what it would be like to, to be in heaven and see you guys meet with Jesus and see how amazing the reward of your labors, of your time, of your talent, of your treasure will amount. Like I am so excited for that day. And that's why I love this opportunity, because there's people on the other side of reality that wish they were here, that wish that they had an opportunity to take more serious this message. So Paul has a lot to say, uh, continuing in verse 18. It says, at the moment, I have all I need. I am generously supplied with the gifts that you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that's acceptable and pleasing to God. Um, just to catch you up to speed, what's happened is the church has supported Paul. They sent a financial gift, and they also sent this guy to encourage, to hang out, to bless Paul. And so he's just saying, thank you so much. 
This has not only blessed me financially, I have all that I need, but also just his encouragement has been so, so powerful. And this is really why my heart is that I would love to see us be a church where everybody gives and everybody serves. Everybody serves and everybody gives. And it could be as simple as prayer. It could be as, it doesn't have to be in streams. It doesn't have to be at youth or a kids church or whatever, but serve somewhere. I love that the Hogg family has a heart for, for foster care. I love that Dolores and Pat, every almost week they connect with that food bank and they serve there. Like there's so many people serving, but I just know that I can look you straight in the eye and say, you will never, ever regret the time and the gifts and the generosity that you give for God's kingdom. You will not regret that. And this is our big Super Bowl service in two weeks. So this, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, if you call streams your home church, this is your opportunity. Like, we need you on the field. If you're going to serve one Sunday, this is the Sunday that we need your help because we have so many wonderful guests that this is their only chance to be at church. Maybe they only come once a year or twice a year. This will be the Sunday that they attend. And so do, just continue being awesome because you guys welcome, you guys greet, you guys love on the people that come here. But I, I'm just blessed that some say, you know what, I, I'm stirred up. Like I can help in the nursery. I can help for two hours a month. I can give one Sunday a month to help with the toddlers or the first through fifth graders. But you talk to that group and they, it's a lot of work, to, you know, following toddlers. Your guys' toddlers are full of energy. They are full of vigor and life. So, well done. But <laughs> if you want to get some steps in your activity bands, like, just sign up, you know, uh, follow that. But the volunteers there will be like, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Because this is the chance that they will remember their Sunday school teacher. Like, they'll remember their childhood, and as a piece of that, you are a piece of the children's person they will remember. Like, that's amazing. There's people that say, hey, I can hang out with the teens on Fridays. I can just show up and just, you know, walk through a little small group or something. That's an impactful age of their life. Like, that is reward in your account that will abound. And I love that. So thank you for serving and as a pastor, here's my responsibility. Here's like, here's what the Bible tells me to do. Are you guys ready for this? It's a, it's a little heavy-handed, all right? It talks about it in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 18 through 19. It says, command them to do good. Command them to be rich in good deeds. Command them to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up. You will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that you may take hold of life that is truly life. So much is talked about in that. But if they're saying you're going to lay hold of a life that's truly life, they're talking about the life to come. The life to come is going to last a lot longer than the life of today on this side of reality. So he's saying, hey, be generous. Not, not suggest them to do good, 
but command them. That's a heavy hand. So I'm just telling you, as you do this, you're laying a firm foundation for the life that's ahead. And that's really my heart. That is so my heart. Jesus says it this way in Matthew. He says, don't store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up your treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, your heart will also will be also. <clears throat> so again, let's take a deep breath. I know that money, I know that this topic is heavy, right? But this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, hey guys, if you store, if you put your deposit in my account, the FDIC doesn't have to insure it, okay? <laughs> There's no cap. It, it goes way beyond $250,000, right? Like his bank and his commodity is going to be solid and stable. And he's saying, hey, look, I'm going to give you talents, and I'm going to give you time and resources. But you, in investing and giving back, as you give back, I'm just going to dump it right back to you. Like, you want to invest in eternity. You want to invest that. And I know a lot of us say, hey, look, my faith is solid. I believe in Jesus. I know that he's the son of God. And I have complete trust that I will be with him in heaven. We have that solid trust and foundation. But when it comes to being generous, you're like, there's a little ouchie to that, right? But I'll just say, no matter where you're at today, just start somewhere. Just start somewhere. The teenager or the college person who just started saving just a little bit, maybe it was 20 bucks a month, guess what? They're not regretting that choice. <laughs> They're not regretting saving up for their future. And this is a future that is true life. It's life even beyond this, this way. So anyhow, um, another interesting thing about what Jesus says is he says, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So some of you are like, well, I don't, I don't know really how to do this. Think about this illustration. Whatever you put your finances in or your treasure or your time in, your heart and your attention automatically goes to that spot. Your heart doesn't go first. So whatever your values are, maybe your values, what you really treasure the most are family, or your relationship with God, or your marriage. The reason that is such a value is because you invest your time in that. It's, in, it's because you invest money and resources in those people, in those areas. So somebody who says, hey, look, I really value my marriage, but I never have time to take out my wife. I never have time to spend money on her. I never have time to write her notes or thank you cards. I'm like, do you really? <laughs> because what Jesus is saying is wherever your treasure is, your heart is going to come alongside that. So if you want to specifically invest in certain ways, in certain areas, then start investing financially into that area, and your heart will catch up. It's kind of a cool idea. I can tell it's super quiet here. <laughs> I haven't dated my wife in a long time. I better get on that. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, 
Here, here's a very famous verse, right? And I'm going to need your help with this. You've probably heard this verse, Philippians 4.19. It says, in this same, uh, and this same God, excuse me, who takes care of me will supply all your blank from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ. So what goes in that blank? Is it all your desires? All your wants? All the new technology that Apple comes out with? <laughs> or is it all your needs? All of your needs. God will supply all of your needs. God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. There's another version of this that sometimes you run into um, people, and their version reads a little bit more like this. It's, I, I call it the me version. It says, and I will supply all of my needs according to my skills, according to my talents, my education, my abilities. Hashtag skills to pay the bills. <laughs> Put it up there. <laughs> Saying, you know what? I got this. I've worked hard. I deserve this. I can supply what I want because I'm dot, dot, dot. And I love people who take the initiative to use the resources to learn and to grow and to get better and to develop and to be the best that they can be in their field. But... Isn't it God's grace? <laughs> Isn't it God's grace that you are who you are? That you have the mind that God's given you? Isn't it God's grace for all the men and the women who laid down their life to fight for the country that we live in? Isn't it God's grace for the leadership and the wisdom of the men and women who have set this economy up for a free will market enterprise to where we can go and we can have a business and we can get insurance and we can do the things that we can do. See, I want to be a person who acknowledges God for my successes and God for my abilities. Yes, I love skills to pay the bills, but man, God, it's because of God's goodness. So it's truly God that does provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And aren't we called children of God? Aren't we called children of God? So think about it. I have, a, I have two kids. Man, they're good kids. They're so good kids. <laughs> and they love every time I talk about them because every time I talk about them on a message, I have to pay them a dollar. So, <laughs> so they're like, Dad, you're going to talk about me? Okay, put it in. Thanks. But I think about Miles, right? He's 11 years old, almost 12. What if he just says, you know what, Dad, I'm going to start paying all my bills. I'm going to kick in. I'm going to get a YouTube channel. I'm going to start making lots of money, and I'm going to pay you rent. I'm going to get an Uber to go to the grocery store. I'm going to go get all my shopping done. Dad, I'm going to do my laundry. I'll be like, okay, now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> Dad, I'm going to supply all of my needs. I got this. I'd be like, dude, chill out. Chill out. I got this. I'm your dad. That's my job. Like, my job is to take care of you during this time. Like, it would be weird. He'd be, like, kind of cocky to be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a YouTube star, and I, I, I pay my dad's house payment. You know what I mean? Like, dude, calm down, you know? <laughs> 
But I know the relationship that I have with my son will change in 20, 30, 40 years or whatever. I'll be needing him to be like, uh, hey, can you get on this ladder and change out this light and stuff? Like, I know that I'm going to need him, right? Like, the relationship will shift. But it's God that supplies our needs according to his riches and glory. So this relationship is like on a whole different universe. When God says he is going to supply my needs, that's amazing. You, th you look at some of the stuff that God makes. Like look at, look at just the beauty of the earth that he, that he makes. Throw on some of those images. But you think about the creativity of God. He just does this. It's amazing. Next slide. Like the beauty and awe of his, of his creation is amazing. And I got to thinking, like, this is just how my mind goes. I just think, like, dolphins are so cool. Who likes dolphins? Like, aren't they just playful and they're just wonderful? They're just happy. Like, they're just social. And I got to thinking, how much would it cost to have a dolphin? This is where my mind goes when I'm doing sermons. So just bear with me. I'm so sorry if you're new. I'm weird. So I Googled it, and according to the Dolphin Research Center, uh, who thinks 62500 for a dolphin every year? Any takers? B, 147. So like one or two for A. Okay, well, how about C? Okay, a couple more. It's $300,000 to take care of a dolphin every year. That's a lot of money. Like, I don't know, their tanks, their staff, their people, their fish. Like, I guess a dolphin eats about 15 to 30 pounds of fish every day. So I thought, wow, that, that's expensive. So then the next question, how many dolphins are there on the planet? And of course, we don't have the technology because we're not all that smart. But it's average that there's 8 million dolphins alive. So you take 8 million times 300,000 a year. That's a cool $2.4 trillion a year. Have you guys seen all the news stations, all the reports that talk about the starving, starving dolphins, just like they're dying, they're malnourished, they're just on the beach, just dead and skinny. Have you seen those news reports? It's because they're not out there. Because God feeds them. God takes care of them. He takes care of dolphins. It cost us 300000 to take care of one dolphin. And he just takes care of them because they're fun and they're cute. I'll just make this. Like that's how good God is. And think about his glorious riches. His glorious, just take a second. Glorious riches. That, that is way beyond finances. He takes care of us according to our needs. He takes care of the dolphins. He feeds them every day. And he takes care of you. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're discouraged. You lost a loved one. You're just so full of anxiety and stress for finances. Or you have a broken relationship that you don't know how to fix. You're dealing with anger or, or bitterness, and you're just, man, God, I need my marriage to be back on track. Whatever it is. God says, hey, you're my child. I love you. And it's my job to take care of your needs 
according to my bank account, my glorious riches. So he is the God of comfort. He made up peace. Like he is the author of peace. You don't have to be lonely. You're single. God is your comforter. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. He is with us. So he takes care of our needs by his glorious riches. And that is a wonderful place to be. When you can come, and he says he gives grace to the humble, right? He resists the proud. Those who say, hey, I got this, God, I don't need you. Don't tell me how to live. Don't tell me to not do this or to do this. Like, just shut up. I've got this. Like, ooh, I don't want to be that person. But when you're like, you know what, God? I can't figure this out at work. This networking thing. Or I can't figure this one out. Or I need help. Lord, I, I desperately need your provision. Whatever it needs. Whatever it is. Even this morning, our dog... Get so excited, you let him out of the cage, and he comes bolting on the bed. And Miles gets a big, huge scratch. And you know what? I was there to comfort him. And if I was there to comfort him, you better know that God sees your tears. He is mindful of every circumstance that's going on in your life. He is a good, wonderful father. Verse 20 says this. It says, now to... All glory to God, our Father, forever and ever. Amen. See, Paul stops and he says, you know what? I want to give God all the credit. I want to give the glory to God. What about you? When you're sick or when things are difficult and your coworker says, hey, I'm glad you're feeling better. Oh, yeah, you know, I took some NyQuil. I'm feeling better. Or do you go like, you know what? Yeah, I was really struggling. I text out a prayer, you know, text out a chain to Joella, and my church has been praying for me, and my surgery went well. I'm feeling better. I'm doing better. This scenario got worked out. Like, I want to I tell that person, be like, you know what? People were praying for me, and God totally healed me. Like, it was amazing. Or how was your trip? I know you were really nervous. You know what? God really created some amazing moments in there. I was really nervous, and I was praying. Like, I want to give God credit for the good things in my life. I want to give him glory. I want to brag about God. The last three verses, we'll kind of close here. Verse 21 says, Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings. And all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you in spirit. See, the church not only sent Paul money and resources, but also sent company. He sent a friend to him. And now Paul is saying, thank you for that. And what's also interesting is it says he sends greeting back from those in Caesar's household. He's been on house arrest, and he spent so much time with people who are guarding him that they have now come to know Christ. And I wonder how this would hit these people, the church in Philippi. I wonder how that would fit. I'm not, I'm not sure if you've ever thought about this, but he's saying, hey, these people in Caesar's household, this republic, this government, this system also says hello to you. Because I imagine that there's an audience of people who were mistreated by that organization. 
mistreated, done wrong, overtaxed, injustice. And now Paul specifically says, oh, by the way, these people have now accepted Christ and they specifically want to say hello. That's an interesting twist. That's an interesting twist. God wants to bring unity. And his salvation is for everyone. It's his desire that none should perish, but all find salvation. The worship team can come up as we just take a moment. I'm not sure what God's kind of put on your heart during this last passage. But this is just our chance to kind of process and reflect. God, what are you saying to me? Are there people that have done me wrong and I hear that they're doing well? I see their Facebook and they're all, Jesus, Jesus, does that rub you wrong? <laughs> maybe you need to forgive them. Or maybe this is just a chance for you to be reminded that, you know what, even though I've been generous, I've been faithful, this is not the time to grow weary in doing well. Because your good deeds God sees. Or maybe it's just a reminder that, you know what, God is my supplier. And I want to sow seeds into his kingdom where he tells me to do. No matter where you are today, I just pray that God would speak to you in a wonderful way. And as the worship team sings this last song, whether you want to stand or sit, I just pray that you would reflect on how awesome and amazing God is and how he delights in caring for you.